this week. It's the international edition. We're going to take a look at North Korea. We're going to take a look at Kaspersky, the U.S. government, France, your rights, Bitcoin, and then Jason Wood from Paladin Security is going to join us. Talk about the Wild West of Bitcoin. All that and more. Episode 154, Hack Naked News for December 19th, 2017. This is Security Weekly. For security professionals, by security professionals. Broadcasting live from G-Unit Studios in Rhode Island, it's the show that brings you the security news each week. And despite popular belief, we do wear pants. It's Hack Naked News. Most of the organizations I work with, they have released, yes, you read it, actually do the original Linux kernel security with Linux. So I hope everybody has their resistance built up. Brought to you by... Make sure your team is prepared to fight off the latest cybersecurity threat. IT Pro TV is the resource to keep you and your IT team skills up to date. You can stream IT Pro TV's courses live and on demand worldwide, so there's no need to send staff to off-site training. Their team solution provides access to a supervisor portal for full control over your team's training schedule and group analytics. Go to itpro.tv forward slash hacknaked and use the code HN30 to try it free for seven days and receive 30% off your monthly membership for the lifetime of your active subscription. To learn more about IT Pro TV's team solution, sign up for a free demo of their supervisor portal. Do you have a website, an external presence, employees, an office? Any of these things can be compromised and attacked. How are you defending these assets? Have you penetration tested these public assets? Start 2017 by taking a proactive approach to securing your vulnerable areas. Black Hills Information Security has been helping companies find their weaknesses since 2008. Email consulting at blackhillsinfosec.com and see how they can help you sleep better at night. We're coming to you live from G-Unit Studios, but I... Michael Santarcangelo here on the beaches of South Carolina. I did wear pants because Paul said we have to, but it's warm out here and it's a perfect time as we round out the year, taking a look at some of the news. Let me get you some announcements first. Go to itpro.tv hack naked slash hack naked. Use the code HN30. You get to try it free for seven days and you'll get 30% off your monthly membership for the lifetime of your active subscription. So you should go check out their team solution. You can get a free demo of their supervisor portal. We've talked about this on Startup Security Weekly. You've looked at it on some of the other types of shows. Phenomenal content delivered in a great way, and it's a great opportunity to think about how you're going to be successful 2018. Something else to check out, and this is one of the exciting changes you're going to see here at Security Weekly, we now have on-demand webcasts. So some of the previously recorded webcasts, they're available to you on demand. Go to securityweekly.com slash on demand. Uh, right now we have Cyber Reason Up, Onapsis, Signal Sciences, and Stealth Bits. Great stuff. And I, uh, you're going to see more of that coming uh, in the new year. So it's kind of exciting. All right. So let's go around the world here for a second. U.S. has come out and said North Korea is directly responsible for the WannaCry ransomware attack. So if you remember, this locked up about 300,000 computers in 150 countries and caught a lot of people somewhat flat-footed. The quote is uh, absolutely fantastic. North Korea has acted especially badly, largely unchecked for more than a decade. That's Homeland Security Advisor Tom Bossert. But here's the thing to take note of, and it talks about this in the article, that there's this asymmetric nature of cyber warfare. If you're a smaller player like North Korea, 
and you want to make a splash or an impact on a bigger stage, cyber becomes one of those ways that you can do it. And yes, I said cyber. Cyber, 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 cyber. Speaking of cybers, Kaspersky sues the U.S. government over the federal software ban. So we've talked about this on this program and others. And as part of this geopolitical nation-state stuff, there's a lot of suspicion around Russia right now, especially in the U.S. government. Kaspersky got caught up in that and along the way has lost several of the lucrative U.S. contracts, has offered along the way as well to do things like open up for code review and other types of things. So uh, uh, no surprise here, uh, claims good faith effort on his part not to just address any of their concerns to do the code review and everything else. And then said, and I think this part was kind of interesting, that the concerns that were expressed, they were just general AV products concerns like capturing and doing analysis and sending stuff back. And he said, look, that's not really unique to me. Uh, the reality is nobody's really expecting much to come from this, but I think it's going to start to signal a growing interest in your con your country of origin if you're a company. We've seen some of it happening in the EU already, uh, and we've seen it happening in other parts of the world. I just think we're going to see more of it. Well, we'll pay attention. We'll find out. Uh, and speaking of that, France said to Facebook, hey, you got 30 days. Stop harvesting your WhatsApp user data and bringing it and combining it back in with your stuff. So uh, Facebook bought WhatsApp. And uh, apparently what happened, uh, so CNIL, France's data privacy agency, they looked at them and they said, look, you, the users didn't consent to this. You're, you're taking information uh, that, and, and I thought this was interesting because they said reasonably you can collect from a security perspective. Good, go ahead, collect it. But well, hold on though. Now you're sharing it back with Facebook and you're using that for business intelligence and targeted ad sharing. And yeah, no, you can't do that. Now, what's interesting is because the, U, the, the European Union tends to take a harder stance on this than we do in the US, uh, Germany and the UK are already doing this and the, the EU already fined Facebook $122 million back in May uh, for some of what they considered to be deceptive practices. Here's where I think this starts to matter when you look at stories like this. Consider the value of the data that you have, right? Data is valuable to us. So what's then the challenge of protecting it? And a lot of times in security, we'll say, or hopefully a lot of us will say, hold on, if we collect that data, we need to protect that data. But what we're seeing now is that data that we reasonably collect for security purposes also has value and benefit to other parts of the organization, including the money-making parts of the organization. But if you're a global organization, that means we've got to really think about how we protect it, how we share it, how we use it. If not, the regulators will definitely come calling for you. Now, I don't know how you feel about passwords. It feels like every year is the year that we're going to end passwords. And then every now and then a story pops up that reminds us why sometimes passwords are useful, typically when it looks at the courts. And something that's been brewing over the last couple of years is whether or not the court can compel you, at least a U.S. court, can compel you to give up your password if they want to unlock your computer or your phone or something similar. And for a long-standing period, the way that it kind of sorted out under our protections under Fifth Amendment, where you can't be compelled to testify against yourself, things like a physical key to a safe could be compelled, as well as your biometric to unlock a phone, but not the password. We started to see that shift a little bit last year where a Florida court said, actually, we've gone back and looked at it. And based on what the Fifth Amendment protections are, there are certain circumstances where we can compel you. And we will. And, I, and, and I've, I've written about that. And so I think we're going to see that that works its way through. And another court this time in Massachusetts came out and said, yeah, actually, um, yeah, we can compel you to do it. Uh, and, and what people will often point out is that if, if the court compels you to do it and you don't and you're held in contempt of court, they have the, the, the opportunity to 
basically puts you in jail and you can sit there for a long time and contemplate that. Uh, it's a it's a discussion we're going to continue to have. But just since we're starting to see more courts sway this way, I think we're going to have a lot more thought on the process and a lot more discussion for it. And I look forward to seeing what you have to say about it. Thinking about things that we do uh, sometimes that we don't always pay attention to. Are you helping somebody else make the cryptocurrency fortune? Yes, I'm like a bad warm up deck for Jason Wood. But what we're talking about here is using your browsers to basically distribute the workload because cryptocurrency takes a lot of processor time and, and a lot of energy in order to make that work the right way. So there are uh, there are different ways you can do it in terms of joining a bunch of processors together and, and using that to try to distribute the load and such. And this type of stuff has been around for years as people have been looking at this for SETI and other types of things. And that's great. Well, so what they're finding now, though, and it's kind of an interesting gray area, is that they have people that they'll, they'll include the JavaScript to download and run this on their websites. And as long as you're on the site, you're basically helping them out. But you didn't agree to it. You didn't consent to it. You're not getting a piece or a share of it. And the trade-off is, like, if we always look to, like, well, what's the harm? The harm is your processor is degraded uh, or degraded, right? Your performance is taking a hit while you're on the site, but you leave the site, you're good to go. So the, the oddity is it's not necessarily a crime, but it's certainly malicious, even though the act itself is okay. It's one of those things I think it's worth paying attention to. It's worth paying attention to if your organization starts suffering a lot of these types of challenges or not. And one of the simplest things to do is block the URLs where they're, they're loading uh, these apps from. All right, last part for this week. One in three IT professionals is looking for a new job, according to Spiceworks, and that could be you. Here's the things that I thought were interesting. 70% report job satisfaction. Oh, and 63% are, wait for it, underpaid. But of course. Now, this was interesting. 40% have, uh, most have spent 40% of their career at the company. I think that means we're seeing less job hopping. And I don't know if that's because of the economy or just because things are stabilizing out. The areas that are hot, cloud, security, and did you say project management? Did you see that one coming? I can tell you I did. One of the things that we're finding consistently is people who can do security and project management, security and marketing, security and communication, anything that you can stack on with security. So if you've got the trifecta, cloud security and project management, you're in good shape, which could be why people are looking. They think the economy is going to improve. And it's not just about the money. They're looking for opportunities. The top three reasons they give, aside from money, they want IT to be more of a priority in the organization. They want a better work-life balance, or they want to work with a more talented IT team. That could be you in 2018. Those are the news stories for the week. We're going to take a quick break. Come back. Jason Wood from Paladin Security is going to talk to us about Bitcoin thefts going wild. Has your network been breached? Cyber Reason can help you answer this question. Cyber Reason products hunt for threats within your network and eliminate them in real time. To Cyber Reason, real time means within seconds. Founded by former military hackers who don't play by the rules, they've built this experience into their platform. Harness ingenuity and imagination, not just code to defeat attackers. Cyber Reason, disrupt the adversary and let the hunt begin. All right, so I, I was bragging about being warm on the beaches, and I feel bad because it was like 70 degrees here yesterday and went out for a walk, and I didn't even need a jacket. But let's bring out Jason Wood, and I'm sure he's in the warm. Nope, my bad. He's in like the tundra somewhere <laughs> where it's cold. But he's going to warm us up with Bitcoin theft. Jason, what do you got this week? Well, from the uh, freezing north of Utah, I guess. Here I am. Um so this week we're taking a look at Bitcoin, uh, and specifically some of the the thefts that have been occurring around Bitcoin. Um, now, as you, I'm sure you've noticed, Bitcoin is all over the no the news. Um, 
<clears throat> especially due to the price uh, uh, spike that it's gone uh, undergone uh, recently, where it's worth now, I think eighteen thousand some odd today. Um, you're, you know, I, I thought about it recently when I saw that. Hey, this is on local news, you know, outlets that are not technology focused. So when that starts happening, you know, it's it's caught everybody's attention, and people are starting to talk about whether or not they should get in uh, into this action and see if there's some way they could make their fortune on on Bitcoin. One of the challenges I think that um, Bitcoin has is that it is one it's relatively new and two we've got to protect it it's becoming become extremely valuable and some of the bitcoin owners and exchange owners are exchanges or rather are finding out that protecting bitcoin uh is a little bit difficult the uh now currency has always been you know historically at least something physical that we have something you know we 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 have something or other we're going to exchange for something we want, be that gold or silver or cash. Um, now with electronic payments, credit cards, debit cards, that's not so much the case. Cryptocurrency and it's, you know, but it's, uh, excuse me, with credit card and debit cards do have some link back to cash. Cryptocurrency is purely electronic, purely virtual. Uh, as it turns out, though, it still can be vulnerable to some physical attacks. One of the articles I found this week is... Um, in New York, somebody had a sizable amount of Bitcoin, about $1.8 million of Ether, and uh, was bragging about this apparently. And somebody uh, talked with a friend of his, and they decided to pull a gun out on this guy. Basically got him into a van, held him at gunpoint, threatening, uh, demanding his Bitcoin wallet and, uh, and threatening you know, physical harm if he did not give up the passphrase and the wallet uh, to them. Apparently, this again came out because the the victim was talking it up a little bit, and the accused knew that he had a couple million, nearly a couple million dollars of of cryptocurrency. As it sits right now, think about that. Well, I just I I know I know you're on a roll, uh, but I always enjoy our conversations. One of the things that's interesting is if you look at physical cash and then the move to payment cards of any type. The argument has been it should reduce violence because less likely to hold somebody up for a payment card because payment card's not particularly useful. I think it's interesting then that as you move to a cryptocurrency, it's much more like a bearer bond and a lot less like a payment card that's essentially annulled if it gets stolen. And we're already seeing evidence of physical violence. And as you point out, you're going to brag about how much millions you have in your pocket on this little digital thing. Someone is definitely going to try to take it. But it's interesting how sometimes we don't think about those things as we get started out. Because we didn't think about them, so it's uh, I, I'm happy you brought that up. I just I think it's an interesting dimension when we look at the social aspects of some of these advancements. Yeah, it is a little hard not to to talk it up a bit, right? Uh, you know, with stock market and stuff like that, people like to talk about this money they've gotten, stocks they've made, let's say on some new hot streak. Um, but that's very you know, it's it's held at a brokerage somewhere. It's hard to steal stuff like that. In this case. You know, let's say that there's a hardware wallet that they're using. You get to hold the wallet. You get to hold the passphrase. You got it. I can't call up my bank and say, "Hey, revoke this card," uh, or revoke that wallet. So once they have it, they've got it. And the, the urge there to, is, is to look smart and say, "Hey, look at what I pulled off." Um. So then you also have some other articles about Bitcoin exchanges getting hacked, some mining services being hacked. Now these mining services essentially do what Michael you were talking about with the. Uh, the uh, the browser, you know, push down the JavaScript in the browsers to distribute the mining of crypto coin. Basically, some of these services, though, people are selling their 
CPU time to these services and harvesting, using that as a method of harvesting Bitcoin on this mining service that somebody else is paying for. Regardless, you know, these, these organizations are, are housing um, Bitcoin inside of their systems. Now, the exchanges, you know, the idea there is this is where you're going to buy and sell. But uh, they also frequently offer wallet services as well online. Uh, one of them, called Ubit, uh, suffered two breaches in 2017. One back in April of, um, I think it's somewhere around $4 million in, in uh, Bitcoin at that time. And then the most recent actually was reported today, uh, where they suffered a loss of 17% of their total assets. Now, no idea what 17% of their assets comes out to in dollar figures, but it was enough to put this exchange uh, out of business. They Their page now has a warning saying, oh, we're so sorry, we've been hacked again in spite of everything that we did, and we've begun the bankruptcy process, and now the, the, the users, wow. the customers of Ubit get to wait and see what they get from their Bitcoin at the other end of bankruptcy. Um, because they didn't lose it all. They must be excited. That's that's a heck of a holiday present. Yeah, definitely what you want to think of is going into, you know, looking at it and going, great. I I, I mean, it, basically, they're wiped out. You can't get your stuff back from this exchange anymore um, until whatever happens in the bankruptcy process. So um, I did have the interesting thought, if Bitcoin keeps going up, maybe as this works its way through the process, you come out with more money than you expected. But who knows? Uh Similarly, a mining service named NiceHash was hacked uh, and lost 4,400. Nice. Yeah, 4,465 Bitcoin, or 82.3 million dollars as of today, um, was stolen as part of that breach. Part of that breach. Um, NiceHash nice hash is in the process of relaunching their service. Uh, but customers are expressing just a little bit of doubt if they're going to come back and use these guys again, uh, unless and you know, somehow I, I they receive their Bitcoin back. You know, we do all these surveys where we get the perception and they say, oh, if, if they have a breach, I'm never coming back. And we know they go back. You, you, the people went right back to Target, Home Depot, and the rest of them. I, I suspect in this case, if people are saying, I don't think so, they're probably not going to go back, which means you got to take this stuff. I mean, it's a different level of seriousness here. Yeah, there's a lot more skin in the game with something like this mining service where you had half a million dollars in Bitcoin, let's say, hanging out there that you you had mined or something like that. And um, <laughs> you lose it all. Are you going to go back to them, really, with that kind of damage? Versus huh, my credit card got popped and I lost $50. And nothing. Nothing. Charges. Nothing now. Yeah. But, I mean, you don't even nothing. lose time on the phone. Like they preemptively just replace all that type of stuff for you. So I think it's interesting. Yeah, a lot more skin in the game here. Uh, one of the things that's interesting about NiceHash, if if you go and read up on Brian Krebs's site about this, uh, the, the the founder or CEO or whatever of of NiceHash is actually a convicted um, criminal in running um, illicit forums for things like uh, malware and stuff like that. So botnets. So definitely, you know, kind of funny to, you know, have somebody who's hacking systems and turn around and get hacked. So what's the moral of the story behind all of this? Um, if you're looking at Bitcoin, be prepared to think about how you're protecting yourself. Uh, Bitcoin.org has some recommendations on how you should go about that. And you might want to check that out. 
uh, if you're getting into cryptocurrency, one of the first things that they say is, hey, you need a Bitcoin wallet and we do not recommend using it online. Um, get a, a hardware token or a hardware wallet rather than use an online service and make sure that the only money you have in the online services like the exchanges is limited to money you're going to actually spend versus, you know, some, you know, a storage place. The reality though is folks are, are, it's, it's easy. You know, I mine it here, I buy things here. I'll just keep it all at the exchange so I can get it when I need it. And I don't have to go through these extra steps, but this can get very, very expensive for you. Um, another thing, like we mentioned earlier was, you know, <laughs> think about your personal security a little bit, bragging about your millions that you've made in Bitcoin and that you're carrying around in your pocket on your, your hardware wallet is probably a bad idea. Um, so you might want to have some discretion there in, in what you say and, and talk about to others. Links for these articles are here in the show notes. Uh, it's definitely some interesting reading. I recommend you check it out. No, I like it. It's, it's good stuff. You know, it, it, I saw something today that said that searches for uh, Bitcoin and value of Bitcoin have exceeded uh, searches for gold. And uh, listening to it, you know, I felt like I was uh, some of those same arguments around owning precious metals now are <laughs> coming out around the way that we own Bitcoin. So we're going to see where that goes. That's uh, it's always uh, fantastic to listen, and I enjoy these conversations very much. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure. You're going to see me on more Hack Naked News in 2018. This is. Hack Naked News number 154, last one for 2017. We'll be back next year bringing you the news you need to know.